Hello, hello. Welcome back to the... <laughs> what was that? Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Get Paid to Live podcast. My name is Ify. I'm Shaw. And this is a space where we explore how to live first and get paid second. Whether you're an entrepreneur, you work for someone else, or you're just curious about creating your dream life, in these episodes, you'll find inspiration, tips, and motivation on how you can navigate that process through our honest reflections as new entrepreneurs and our candid interviews with ambitious everyday dreamers, just like you and I. Wow. <laughs> Hi, dreamers. So what are we talking about today? <laughs> We're talking about play. And I actually am like very excited to talk about this topic because I, I think play isn't a value of mine. We talked about values in the last episode. So check that out if you don't have yours together. <laughs> if we, you didn't do your if homework. If you didn't do your homework, la- watch the last episode. But playing is something that I feel like we just lose as adults. And especially... I'm 26, you're 28, right? I don't hear people even use that in vocabulary anymore. And I just, I want to bring it back. What is play? Play is slay. It's like we forgot. <laughs> we what forgot it means. what it means. And I think it like, it looks different. But when you think of children playing, we all think of the same thing, right? Like we all have the same image, I think, of us like either on a playground or playing with toys. But like, what, why can't we think of that when it comes to adults? Why is it like weird when we say the word play? Yeah. My friend, our good friend, Afsha, I love her. Oh. <laughs> um, she always says like, let's go play. And I, I always thought that was so funny. Yeah. Um, we were like interns and she'd be like, oh, like after, after work, we can go to my house and play. And I just thought like that was so nostalgic thinking about that because that's what we used to say back in the day, but like no one says it anymore. And even though... I didn't know exactly what she meant. I just had an idea. Like I know it's, I know it's. You like go over just a bunch of toys, (laughs) and you're like, oh, it's an intuitive thing. Like we all know what it is, but why is it so hard to visualize as adults? I think it's because we don't do it enough. Like we're we're not constantly playing, so it's uncomfortable. And I think that's so strange because, like, why? Why do we have to lose that just because we're like, you know, we have bills now? Do you know that study? It's like a famous study in psychology about different teams it was like a team in kindergartners team in like middle schoolers or it was a bunch of different teams okay of like professionals and engineers and whatever okay and the idea was to study teams and like what makes an effective team okay well you have like all these teams you have mm-hmm. like these engineers you have these like high school students you know i don't i actually don't know the details <laughs> i don't i don't remember <laughs> i all the actually details. just made all this up. <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember all the details but i remember the the key takeaway was that the the team of kindergartners Mm-hmm. were the best at solving the task mm. and it's because they were the explanation at least was they were willing to look stupid and make mistakes and play mm. and that's why they were the most effective team mm. because all the you know college students or like professionals like they didn't want to look dumb mm-hmm. in front of their peers so they were like so concerned about that that they were wasting attention and energy they could be putting toward the task at hand Uh, toward like the social dynamics of it all what was do you know what the problem was that they were trying to solve i don't know it's always like these like silly problems i think i actually did one when i started at toyota maybe this was when i heard about is this a marshmallow and sticks yeah like marshmallows (laughs) and sticks or like tape and sticks yeah you have to make the tallest structure or something like that right 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 yeah yeah i we did that too i think it like some volunteering thing um but i think it reminds me a lot of like growth mindset versus fixed mindset growth mindset 
mindset. I feel like you are willing to look stupid. You're willing to make mistakes. We actually do have the book on our bookshelf. I am yet to oh. read it. Yeah, we have two copies. <laughs> we have two this copies. This one is hers. That's why it's, <laughs> That's why it's untouched and it, there's oh, well, dust on it. Oh, it is from Half Price, so it's used. Yeah, okay. Technically, it's used, but it wasn't me. <laughs> but um, I think that growth versus fixed mindset is like the vibes of the episode. We're basically like... Yeah, okay play your way into what you want or the life that you want to create mm-hmm. or the goal that you're trying to achieve, whatever right. it is. Like you can't get there by thinking that there's only like set paths or the right answer or the right thing. You have to be, you literally have to be willing to completely unravel right. to become whatever it is that yeah. you want to become. So, you know what that is making me think? Cause when I think of play, mm-hmm. I think explore, mm-hmm. you know, I mm-hmm. think, mistakes i think no rules yeah essentially yeah and if you're not living your dream life already mm-hmm. then i would assert necessarily you need to play yeah because your current life is not your dream life right so how do you expect to live your dream life by just continuing to live your current life mm-hmm. you know continuing to live by the same rules not exploring new possibilities not yeah. willing to make mistakes yeah you know yeah. and if you kind of constrain yourself into your current life yeah. and your current situation mm-hmm. and the only way out of that is to play mm-hmm. is to explore mm-hmm. and so you at least have a chance of achieving your dream life yeah but the only way to do that is through play yeah i see it like well how i envision play yeah. is almost like a situation where of course it's like rainbows and butterflies and like skipping gumdrops. and gumdrops yeah um <laughs> i like picture all of that but i almost see i don't see them like when you say mistakes and like failing i almost don't even imagine that it's not that it's not a part of the picture but it's so it has a different meaning yeah it's like when you're actually playing like think of when you were a child and you're like actually playing with your toys there's no there's not even a concept of failure right or like things like not working because that means when you fail right i think it implies that there is something right and there's something wrong it reminds (laughs) me of when i would always paint and you know like my paintings were always hideous but (laughs) we'll show my my rule was that there are no mistakes just unexpected changes in direction yeah and that's exactly what it was when you were a kid it's like there were no mistakes when Mm -hmm. you were playing you're just like oh this is the new direction right like oh we're we're taking this route today it's fun and exciting and it's surprising there's nothing weird it's not embarrassing there's no cringe like we i was i was just talking to my sister about this when we were kids we would literally like the first day we would get our toys we're like playing with it like normal right and then like at some point i don't know if this if everyone did this with their siblings but we would essentially start making characters and shows out of the toys okay like we would and it was like like every day we were showing up to set it was like, a series. like yeah it was a series and we would come with the toys and we would like everybody got into their characters but the character was the character was the toy Mm -hmm. and we would continue it was almost like improv we were like making a show with these toys and that that's like the epitome of like there's no mistakes like we we were somebody if a character was having a meltdown today like my brother was playing with the toy and that one was just like i hate everyone i'm killing everyone like we just went with the the plot (laughs) and i think that it's so like obviously it's a smaller funnier example but i think that is something that we just lose more and more of as we grow up and i think ironically when everyone thinks of success and they think of making it they think of like 
oh, you got to get more serious. You got to get more strict. You got to get more like raw. You got to grind, you know? And I think it's actually the opposite. I say this all the time, but like when you look at these people who are really successful or have a lot of money or like whatever, when you actually watch interviews of them, which I highly encourage people, if you want to be like someone, watch interviews of people like that or try to get around them so you can understand how they think. But when you watch interviews of these people, you're like, wow, they're very like childish in nature. Like they're very like dreamy and kind of like woo woo-y. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's not they're what I expect. Pranksters. They're merry pranksters. <laughs> they are merry pranksters. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I should explain that, but just look up Jeremy Strong. That's all I need to say. Um, <laughs> think of like, I don't know, like Oprah or like Elon Musk or like sometimes even Jeff Bezos. Like when mm -hmm. I watch him, he's very like, when he's talking about things that he enjoys, it seems like he's very like giddy. Mm -hmm. And I think even though we all have like this idea of like this like finance bro and everything, like I feel like the people who are actually living the dream, they channel in that childish energy. Yeah. Like they do often. And like a couple examples, like not from modern times, like Albert Einstein mm -hmm. and Richard Feynman, two very prominent physicists, mm -hmm. they're kind of known for for their pranks and yeah. like always just yeah. joking around. Yeah. And, and, you know, those people had some of the most important ideas yeah. of the 21st century yeah. and kind of progressed all of human civilization in a lot of like, you know, important ways. So it's like- it's like coincidence? And the way they were doing it is they were willing to play. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or not just willing, they like actively played and that was like their thing. Yeah, it just, it kind of makes me sad like thinking about how young people, like I'm not even talking about like you have, like you're in your 30s and your 40s and you have a kid, you have kids in a house. I'm talking about like younger people are so, like they're not playing. That like right. makes me sad. Like, yeah. because if anything in your 20s, like this is the time to play. And I'm not saying play. I mean, look, there's no mistakes. So like if you're if your play is like getting drunk every weekend, like sure, that's an option, <laughs> right? Like not necessarily one that I want to partake in, but that is a version of play. Like, but if you if you want to just backpack around Europe or like host families in different places, yeah, learn different like languages. Programs. Yeah, like things like that. Like when did like, I feel like that was when I was, a kid and I was watching movies of people who were in their 20s like that's the stuff that they were doing mm -hmm. and then when I'm now like in my 20s like I do not see that like I feel like people around me are living like they're like 50 we all have jobs we're all like mm -hmm. you know just staying in doing nothing like there's nothing wrong with that I like that. Yeah. I think that's actually a lot more fun but it's like that's all we're doing we're mm -hmm. not making a lot of mistakes like everybody wants to stay so in line like they don't want to right. fail there, there's like so much embarrassment there's so much cringe mm -hmm. like and that's honestly why i feel like we have so many like micro celebrities and like influencers because those are the people who are just playing yeah. and documenting it for yeah. everybody to see and then people are vicariously playing they're through playing them. through them and they're not actually playing in their own life and yeah. it's like what would you do i'm actually kind of interested like what would most people be like if they didn't have these like influencers to like play through like mm -hmm. if they had to instead of watching somebody buy a bunch of different makeup shades and try it on like maybe you would have to do that because you'd be like you know what no one's watching i don't care yeah. like what's gonna happen and i think that's why david dobrik and you know logan paul these people are so entertaining because they're just like 
oh, I cracked the code. Like all I have to do is just keep doing whatever the fuck I want to do and document it in a fun, entertaining way. Mr. Beast, like, mm. you know, and then people are going to watch and yeah. they're not doing it. They're not going to do it. And it's like, that's sad. I, I feel like not, not that you have to be doing what they're doing, but right. everybody should have their own version of their play. And yeah. like, I just, I don't understand why that's not normal mm. anymore. And maybe it's, us we live in this space where people i don't know i'm confused the first thing that comes to my mind is just we have a need for predictability mm -hmm. especially as we get older mm -hmm. you know i feel like as people get older we just accumulate trauma yeah <laughs> and then you know we kind of burn our hand on the stove like several times and yeah in every facet of life yeah so we just become more conservative as we get older mm -hmm. and then with being more conservative we want things to be more predictable yeah and exploring and playing like necessarily requires lack of predictability because mm -hmm. you don't know what's you know behind the door you don't know what's in the forest you know what yeah I mean? that's why you're exploring it you know yeah, by yeah, definition yeah. Mm -hmm. and that's why i feel it's so easy for kids because everything's new everything's novel right and then as you get older you kind of you know you've learned a lot of hard lessons and yeah. you don't want to suffer mm -hmm. because that's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like all these things are so interconnected, like playing, exploring, being uncomfortable, yeah. being okay with unpredictability, being okay with uncertainty, yeah. being okay to just unexpectedly change direction if it makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's kind of interesting that you say that because I, the lack of predictability, I think, or you were saying predictability or lack of? We crave predictability. Oh, we crave predictability. Yes, I think that's interesting that you say that because I feel like we're getting so much of predictability through social media and like through the internet mm. that people don't have to um, do it like they don't have yeah. to it's like a safe anything. way to explore yeah. yeah like they can explore online and they don't have to do that in their yeah. own life like if we didn't have if we didn't see what it looked like for people to do exactly what we want to do mm -hmm. we would have to do it right. <laughs> we would have to just yeah. explore we the curiosity we would just be burning in us so much that we'd have to do it and i think honestly that's that's kind of funny because i think that's why you and i have this like deep drive to do what we're doing because we don't see an example yeah like exactly the way we want right. it i mean that's the whole story behind the data entrepreneurs i mm -hmm. was literally looking for months mm -hmm. for a community of like data people in data people that do entrepreneurship like yeah. a community specifically for them mm -hmm. not a community of data people and not a community of entrepreneurs a right. community of both, both those people and i tried because <laughs> i didn't want to start the community because it's a lot of extra it's a lot of work you it know is, what i mean yeah. it's a lot of like data people are pretty introverted typically yeah um it's like a and you know i was working full-time and i was making content and yeah. it's like i don't have extra time but I think at a certain point, I was like, this is important. Mm -hmm. And I just made it. I made time. I made mm -hmm. it a priority. Mm -hmm. And I think people are getting value out of it. So I think it's worth it. Yeah. If you're an entrepreneur and you're into data, check it out. We'll leave it in the description. I think we need that, though. We need to crave it and we need to not yeah. see it. That's what makes life interesting. Like, that's what is. I feel like that's what gives us purpose. You know, like when you when you're matching like your strengths your abilities with your desires and things that you don't see like mm -hmm. you get this beautiful creation of yeah. like what you're meant to do here on earth and it's like i think that's what's causing a lot of like mental illness yeah. you know like because we are just too idle and we're just too I, we're not living our lives i think when we're not living our own mm. true lives 
we just become a shell of a person like and nobody can do that but you you know so yeah, i can see that because i feel like when to use your words to live someone else's life yeah in order to do that you not only Re- put on a mask yeah yeah but you also have to suppress Reject. actively suppress yes like your natural personality yeah and i think that's one of the downsides of corporate because it's such a strong culture typically and then that social aspect has such a hold over our psychology mm-hmm. that a lot of people like their natural personalities they don't fit in a corporate or professional a lot, environment yes, a lot of people so it's like you're suffocating yourself and then you have to like play this role mm-hmm. of you know whatever mm-hmm. and i think you know you can say whatever you want about it but i think the bottom line the way i see it is that think of how much energy is being wasted like mental energy mm-hmm. to suppress and like project and yeah. create this such a this character yeah. <laughs> you know, to put on the role and it's like what if you didn't have to do that? Like, like so it's not just like you get to operate at your full capacity. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like a double gain. You kind of quadruple your capacity because you, you know, not only you don't have to worry about suppressing yourself. Yeah. And you don't have to put on the mask. Yeah. So it's like on two levels, you're relieving yourself. And so yeah. you're getting, I think, like three, four times as much mental 4X. energy. Yeah, you're 4Xing. You're 4Xing. You're, and I feel like that's been my experience ever since I left corporate. Mm. Even though it was a pretty good environment, I kind of jived with everyone. Yeah. There was always that entrepreneurial aspect of me mm-hmm. that people didn't resonate with. It wasn't it's thriving. Like, yeah. And it's yeah. like, but you would expect that. It's like, that's the population you're interacting with. You're right. interacting with people that are, you know, at a corporation. <laughs> and yeah. Like, you know, you're not going to find entrepreneurs there. But I feel like after I left, like now I feel like I have so much mm-hmm, energy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's easy for me to work. Yeah. And it's like hard for me to be lazy. Yeah. While it was like the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> I was it's, it's so crazy. And I would say this so many, I will say this every time I get the opportunity, like your time doubles when you're not yeah. suppressing Maybe yourself. Maybe triples. triples four x's like i think you just one hour or 30 minutes like the difference when you don't have the weight of things that you don't like and i'm talking like you have something in your life that feels like against you in a way like Mm -hmm. it it feels a little more like a a weight on your shoulders Mm -hmm. like when you don't have that it's just like literally physically when you have a weight on your shoulders you can't move as fast like that's the same thing and i think corporate isn't optimized for the variety it's not optimized for like that that's not the point it's optimized to compromise yeah essentially because like a corporation is a business that has found a very effective way to make a ton of money yeah and all they have to do is get people in to just keep the ship going and when you're talking about a lot of people you cannot tailor you cannot have a culture that accommodates everyone's unique personality. It's just not possible. It'll fall apart. So it's not like corporations are evil or anything like that. It's like, that's just human nature. That's just like the natural way of things. Like tribes don't scale up well. Like, yeah, you can have a very strong Mm -hmm. team, like a 10-person business, 50-person business, 100-person business, Mm -hmm. but you start getting to 1,000, 10,000, 100,000 employee businesses, it's you're not going to have that same like strong niche community. It's too many people. It's too many different people. It's too many many people to please. And that's why you just have to pick something and everybody got to adapt. So there's bound to be misalignment. Yes. At some point. Which is what I think we are all 
feeling and i think our the generations before us had different priorities yeah. so it was easier to adapt because that actually felt good for them because they were probably coming from all types of chaos from their parents yeah. you know but like we we're just getting more advanced as a society so like we don't have to do all the things that our parents had to do and that's why we're bored when it comes to corporate jobs like we're not it's not gonna fulfill us in that way if that's your situation if you're not fulfilled you're not fulfilled that's you know it is what it is i feel like we kind of went on a tangent we but did but it, i know it it's good, good. <laughs> you're like i needed to get that out yeah i didn't realize <laughs> i wanted to talk about that <laughs> oh shit <laughs> we didn't talk about our drinks and i just thought oh, we, should, we should tell everybody what we're more. drinking today for the people listening and the yeah, people you go first because that's impressive watching <laughs> So I've been making myself chais um, all by myself. Like I do it from scratch. Um, I don't buy like the concentrate, but um, I don't even know if I'm doing it right. I just looked up a recipe and I winged it. So or I wong it. <laughs> no, that sounds wrong. <laughs> I wong it. That's going to be in the thumbnail. I wong <laughs> it. It's like, what? what? <laughs> so for people listening, I have a, we have two clear mugs. Okay. Uh-huh. And they're matching for a reason because it's his and hers. And, I put in some milk with ground cloves, cinnamon, and I do a little dash of of vanilla syrup because I'm crazy. And then (laughs) I also put maple syrup and then I froth that two times cold foam. And then I have black tea with some ginger. And I also put the cloves and the cinnamon and and the tea Mm. base. And then I pour the milk, the frothed milk on top. And this is what you get. You get a nice, and I'm not even trying to brag. It's it's pretty good but the tea in your drink is the same just tea. the tea i'm drinking yeah. which it's actually two teas mixed together one's like um earl gray and the other one's cardamom cardamom yeah I think. yeah and yeah. it just kind of mix it together and it's yeah. persian persian chai this is like the play and this is the opposite of play. <laughs> this is this is a representation of who we are mm-hmm. literally you know i don't need to play because i know i like it it's yeah. like that tiktok you showed me which one it's like uh brits when they <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's bloody nice. <laughs> <They> drink <laughs> the same tea <laughs> for the past 72 years, three times a day. And they're like, oh, that is bloody nice. <laughs> isn't like, it? I'll tell you what, though. <laughs> I want to make a segment for our teas because I want to know what are y'all drinking? Tell us what you're drinking because I want <laughs> cough syrup. It's, just a, oh, shit. it's like cough syrup and some, what is it, rum Slizzard. or something? <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I wrote down some notes okay? Oh, okay and i was thinking this is how i envision playing your way into success i feel like it has like three steps okay and i feel like the first one is process of elimination okay removing things from your life i feel like the second thing is exploring um obviously because i feel like it's hard to explore when you don't have we have the weights on you when you have the baggage and then i feel like the third thing is kind of it's like the pre-exploit it's like picking something and sticking with it and being consistent committing committing yeah if i were to package up what we've done Mm -hmm. and what someone who wants to start playing and 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 making more room for that in their lives like okay this is it's like one two Mm. three let's let's get into it so it's playing your way to success in three easy steps are we fucking copywriters or something? <laughs> so um, it's quit, explore, commit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what is that? Where's that coming from? So like, could you give us an example or something? So let's start with number one, quitting. I 
It's almost like you can always say, I always say this too, like quit your way to success because a lot of times like from birth to where you are now, you have accumulated so much baggage from people and from society. And a lot of spiritual people say this too. It's another way to put it. It's like you are basically, when you're finding yourself, you're not looking elsewhere. You're looking inside. You're looking more internal. And I think that's because you accumulate so much baggage. This is a whole other topic, but we're going with the basis that your thoughts are not yours like mm. you accumulate a lot of that from people what they think and what's right sense. what's wrong like you don't you can't just trust every thought that comes to your mind because it's a lot of learned stuff and so i think quitting is actively like taking inventory of your brain mm. and choosing the thoughts that you want to have choosing the things that you want and eliminating a lot of stuff yeah just letting know? go of letting baggage. go of a lot of stuff so that could be thoughts that could be people maybe that could be jobs that could be hobbies or activities Mm -hmm. or habits that just don't serve you and i think when you're playing you're light you're like light as a feather you're like kids they don't have anything going on Mm -hmm. they don't have bills Mm -hmm. they don't have responsibilities you have to be in that place to receive the flow you know so you know now that you framed it like that Mm -hmm. like it just kind of made me think that i feel like my story aligns with that and resonates with that Mm. because like after i you know had that lsd trip and had all the anxiety problems lsd trip (laughs) (laughs) shaheen took lsd when he was young okay let me i'll just give the the quick version so it's like uh i turned 18 and decided to take acid with my friends and it was a great time until it wasn't and then it was like uh, one of the it was the worst experience of my life um but then i kind of got over it and then or so i thought and then six months later i just started getting like panic attacks every single day and i went to a psychologist they said i had post-traumatic stress disorder from the lsd trip so it was just like a long road out of that but that was like a year too, right? Yeah. I mean, it was like six months was like the like thick of it. The thick of it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, slowly over time, it got better and better. And then, you know, there was like milestones. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's been like 10 years now. So I actually wrote a blog about it if you're curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I feel like what that did, it, it kind of like partitioned my life into two parts. Yeah. Like before and after and i feel like one of the things that happened is like that experience was such a shock for me like overcoming that anxiety like the like the panic attacks Mm -hmm. that i quit so much like there were so many things from my past and like so many like bad habits or just it's it's hard to explain but like unconscious behavior yeah it's like unconscious beliefs unconscious behaviors that i had accumulated as a child Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's like what were were some of those um okay so like one habit was like sleeping with the closet light on or like one habit was sleeping with the tv on Mm -hmm. sounds like you were just scared of the monster yeah i mean honestly (laughs) i i was an anxious child Mm. and i guess it's not super surprising it's like i i was always anxious on some level yeah and then when i took lsd it kind of like exploded yeah um and i I feel like it's kind of double-sided because you know that anxiety can come across as like fear but it it also can be interpreted as like i just like to think you Mm -hmm, know what i mean mm -hmm. because you're kind of like always in your own head right so it's like two sides of it um but anyway I feel like what that experience allowed me to do was to just essentially it was like a blank slate. It's Mm -hmm. like starting over from scratch. Yeah. And instead of taking on personalities and beliefs 
based on a childhood experience i started to rebuild myself yeah intentionally intentionally it's like i was 18 so it's like i had 18 years of experience yeah. and then i started to like put myself back together because i was like a complete wreck yeah at that point yeah um but i guess i did quit i quit a lot of things so um, when no, i made no, that trend. no lights on when you sleep yeah no TV. um and then some quit. you also lost 100 pounds yeah okay yeah i quit like <laughs> overeating you know what I mean? So I started dieting. I quit living a sedentary life. So I started mm -hmm. being more active. I feel like you also developed like a routine. Yeah. That's probably one of the strongest I things. I quit being so, um, I don't even know how to describe like it. Like Yeah. Well, I also like quit video games. Yeah. Like I quit a lot of things, mm -hmm. but I didn't even like view it as quitting mm -hmm. those things. Mm -hmm. I was just like so hyper-focused on not being anxious and yeah. like getting rid of the panic attacks that that was the only thing that was on my mind but kind of like coming back to it it's like i never thought of it that that moment was just me quitting oh, a ton so of stuff. much stuff yeah. uh that i had accumulated during my childhood yeah and then honestly i know we're talking about play as like this really fun thing but especially as you get older it's it's actually kind of a hard thing to do no yeah because it's uncomfortable it's very uncomfortable and it's, it, like uh, when you're 18 unpredictable. yeah when you're 18 that's old enough to to feel uncomfortable when you're playing mm -hmm. and at that time you were going through something super traumatic so i don't even think it felt like playing but when you were starting over you were kind of um you had the freedom to to create the life that you want to have instead of just living on a default that you were already like you know yeah brought it yeah. brought up in yeah so. and actually you know maybe it's like a similar experience for a lot of people that have some kind of traumatic experience or some kind of very hard period in their life mm -hmm. it's that in order to get out of that mm -hmm. they have to drop they have to quit so many things yeah that is keeping them in that situation yeah you know mm -hmm. and so yeah i've never thought of it through this perspective of like quitting things but it kind of it, it makes sense from my experience that's basically been the story of the last three to four years for me it all started when i quit my corporate job and i realized like at that job i wasn't happy i talked about that in my in the last episode and it's probably all over my tiktok <laughs> but i quit that in 2020 and then i quit freelance you know basically last year or no like i quit freelance earlier this year and this is you know the journey now into entrepreneurship and then i think basically from april and may april may when i quit freelance like officially and i like let go of like actively taking on clients i feel like i've been quitting mindsets ever since a lot of them are like my own like that's another thing like quitting can be your own stuff that you put on yourself that nobody told yeah. you to do and again it's not totally yours because you learn from people and yeah. you take things on subconsciously but like i felt like one big thing for me going from like being a freelancer to an entrepreneur is that like you don't have to do those things that you don't want to do like you don't have to do anything actually like it's all up to you and that's something i've been realizing lately it's like i had in my head i had to have something serious and i had to have something fun at all times like that and i noticed this over time it wasn't something that i realized i was thinking but when i went into entrepreneurship i was like cool like i have um all this knowledge from social media and like how to you know 
build an account and grow an account, blah, blah, blah. And that's what I have to do as an entrepreneur because that's what I know. Mm -hmm. And I have to listen to the people before me. And like what they say is like, do what what you know. Like, you know, take this skill and market it. If Mm -hmm. you you have these skills, you can be a coach. Like I was subconsciously taking all the information in and I made that a rule for myself. Mm -hmm. And then I'm fast forward to now where I'm like, maybe I don't want to be a coach. Like maybe that's not what I want to be. Yeah. I there are a lot of aspects of coaching that I enjoy. I love self development. I love like self help. I I love helping people with like things that I find really interesting, especially like psychological stuff and like brands and like authenticity and stuff like that. But I told myself that it has to be something has to be serious about your your job. Like as an entrepreneur, like if you're an entrepreneur, you have to have a title. You have to have like. Mm you know you either have a degree or like you you worked at some somewhere or did something like you You have to have credibility credibility, and authority in this space and what's funny is that i quit my jobs i eliminated things so that i can just live that's literally the point of this podcast (laughs) and my my message and i was making it so that i'm like no living's not enough i have to do something else yeah and i had to let go of that rule i'm literally as of like last week i'm like you know you're still going through i'm still going through (laughs) but i bring that up to say like you also have to let go of your own personal beliefs and like while i was quitting my my corporate job and going through freelance there were so many things i was learning about myself and like things being aligned and you don't have to work hard all the time you don't have to like grind all the time like i to me i do like a grind but my grind is like editing a video for eight hours because that doesn't feel like grinding to me that just Mm -hmm. feels like fun and i think that's the point you want to find things that are like that feel like fun but to you you could do a day in and day out and have a routine on it it doesn't even feel like a routine it just feels like like you were saying it didn't even feel like you were like eliminating or adding it just felt like you were like living that's like the the point well there i was just trying to survive or trying to, <laughs> I wasn't trying to even survive living. yeah that was fine for my life yeah <laughs> like, like r kelly <laughs> you have to eliminate your own constraints whether that's like you telling yourself like oh i have to work a job or i have to make a lot of money or i have to be friends with these people i have to get to this status or whatever like you don't have to do anything right that constraint is against play mm. when you tell yourself all of these rules that is literally like the opposite of play right play there is, are no rules there are no rules when you're playing you're creating rules or like you're not there's no set in stone rules yeah but when you are giving yourself constraints i see say, people say this all the time they're like no i'm, I'm not going to do that and it's like why or i can't do that and it's like why question yeah. that why can't right. you you know um why can't you be uncomfortable why can't you challenge yeah. yourself because you can't that's really good yeah because there's always some limiting belief behind that always statement always if you're saying i can't or i won't i watched a video from this guy who said he quit his job he he brought the i knew what this was but i didn't know there was a name for it but he called it like the god i I forgot it was like called the (laughs) it's called the fear setting a fear setting it's like goal setting but with fears and you Mm. basically write down the fears that you have when you say you can't do something so you write down like okay what are you afraid of and then with those fears you write down like okay how can i avoid that fear right so you like make an action plan on how you can avoid that and then after that you say um there's something else i think you do with it it's like i think the other one is like uh if it does happen what will you do yeah action plan action plan Mm -hmm. yeah so it's like you basically just make your anxieties into just like more 
plain logical statements and yeah. you're like oh it's actually not that bad it's not the end of the world if you do something and it doesn't work yeah i've heard huberman talk about that not like specifically about mm-hmm. fear but imagining failure and obstacles yes. is something that actually helps yes. you achieve your goals mm-hmm. and then when you're anxious people tell you like okay al- accept that just imagine the worst case scenario yeah and be okay with it yeah just truly accept it because i think once you accept it it's like oh it's actually not that that's not that bad like okay um you know if i lose my job then i won't have money and it's like but your anxiety usually stops there Mm -hmm. but then it's like there is still life the next day after Mm -hmm. that happens like okay then you can just apply to another job (laughs) you know and it's like life keeps going there's always something and i I was having that anxiety too i was like oh my god because i recently just let go of like my last and final client that i i hope that will be my final client um and i was like okay well i won't have income and i we are actively fighting just any income right now so we're in a situation where like we don't just know keep saying no to money <clears throat> we don't know where our next check is going to be coming from necessarily and that's on purpose and uh, i was like okay i know i can't go to like you know the easy route of just being people's you know social media person or content person whatever and so i'm like where's the next thing coming from especially if i'm not going to be trying to market myself as a coach and sell my services. And I was like, I don't know. And I have to just accept that. Like, I don't know. And I think that's okay because the pain or the cost of what I hope to be my future success is just being uncomfortable for a few months and not knowing and allowing whatever's supposed to come in to come in. Because the first step of play, in my opinion, you got to make room for it. And that's why you have to eliminate things. Mm -hmm. But then you there now there's this room for magic, in my opinion, to happen because that's when opportunities come in. If you're putting yourself out there, I'm not saying you just like eliminate things and sit down and do nothing, like absolutely nothing. You do need to be putting lines in the water so you have things coming Mm -hmm. to you. But I think, the point is you're eliminating things that are not aligned. Yeah. So you make room for more things that are aligned. So mm-hmm. if you are not working at a job that you hate 40 hours a week and you're spending now that 40 hours a week talking to people in just say you want to get in health and wellness and now you're not working at this job that you hate that's probably like, I don't know, just like the opposite of your field. And now you're exercising more and now you're going to gyms and like you're talking to people who are in your space and you're attending right. community events. And then right. all of a sudden you're talking to somebody at this community event and they're like, oh, we actually have a position open yeah. at this health and wellness company. And you're like, how would I have ever gotten to that opportunity right. if I was at this job yeah. that was like the opposite of what I wanted? Yeah. You know? And it's like there's always opportunity out there, mm-hmm. but it's just a lack of information. Yeah, we don't and know. The only way to get that information is through exploring yeah so I, I feel like there's a perfect that's a segue perfect segue into my second point yeah like that's the next thing you have to once you're once you eliminated things you don't just sit there and just you know look at the wall it's like okay <laughs> you know like what's next explore but this is where the fun and the play part i think right. starts to come like eliminating things is kind of hard because it's like either breaking habits or routines quitting something and letting people down or all these things like yeah. it's hard to do but then now it's like okay what do i do with that time because you know what's funny when i quit my corporate job i i came into this like recluse like I was, right. I was very like depressed and I didn't really know what to do with my time. I had no routine. I had always relied on school and a corporate job. I lived my life around them. I didn't have a personality outside of it. Yeah. And I did. Okay. But I didn't, I wasn't structuring my life based on what I wanted. And so when I left my job, I was like, okay, 
do I take a walk? I don't even know how to do that. Like, <laughs> I don't know. How to take a <laughs> you walk. know, do I listen to a podcast? Do I, like, what do I do? And I really had to build everything from scratch. And it's, I know that sounds like, oh, great, you have all this time and it's super funny. You can do what you want. But like, it was very uncomfortable. I remember like I would take a walk and like, you know what taking a walk in fucking Texas is like. I was on the highway. A lot of people don't. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the highway. What highway? I was just on the street. I was oh, on the right. road and it wasn't right, cute. Right, right, right. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. cute. That main road there. I was just on, it was not giving Pinterest YouTuber. Like it was not giving that. It was giving like oh, boring Next to the highway. Road. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was basically just like taking walks and I was like, okay, I see people listen to podcasts. I'm, I might do that. And then I would just try, I'd be like, but what time do I like doing them? Like do, but today I don't feel like doing it. And I'd had no discipline because yeah. I didn't see when you don't know the benefits of the things that you're doing in your routine. Like you haven't done it long enough to experience the benefit. It's very hard to motivate yourself to do it. Back then when I would read and when I would meditate and when I would take a walk, I didn't feel different. I would just feel the same. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, I don't want to do that thing. It's like it's annoying. It's all downside. It's all downside. And then I like, but I can't sit here and watch TV all day because I know that's going to make me feel right. bad. And right. I wasn't even interested in watching TV all day. So it was really confusing yeah. time for me. So, you know, what that reminds me of is if you're not satisfied, mm -hmm. um, go toward discomfort. Yeah. Go toward change. Go toward the opposite of what, of what you do. You, yeah. And that's actually another like lesson I, in reflection from that like anxiety period, mm -hmm. it's like, if the natural tendency doesn't work, mm -hmm. doesn't give you the desired outcome, try doing the opposite, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so, just keep doing it. You yeah. have to keep doing it. So like one of, like with anxiety, the natural tendency is to tell yourself, don't think about it, don't think mm -hmm. about it, don't think mm -hmm. about it kind of thing. Or maybe the fr to frame it like this, like the natural tendency is avoidance. Yeah, it's like rejecting yeah, yeah. it, mm -hmm. but rejecting it doesn't work you have to do the opposite you have to accept it like that's the only way yeah. to like really get through it yeah um and i've found that to be the case in a lot of different areas of life and it's like yeah. okay the natural way isn't working let me try to do the exact opposite mm -hmm. um and i guess a more general form of that is like if the way you're doing it now doesn't work just try any other way <laughs> yeah literally <laughs> you <know>? anything <laughs> and I, I you know what it, uh, that makes me think of it's like um i've, I've heard this a lot on on TikTok or somewhere someone said it but like basically I think as you get older especially mm -hmm. when you do the hard things it makes your life easier yeah like it is harder as an adult especially as an adult to do the easy things and feel good long term mm -hmm. the harder things are I feel like as you're doing it in the beginning like the easier your life will be if you work right. out you're not gonna feel bad like throughout the day and you're gonna have more energy yeah. if you I don't know journal or mm -hmm. you like go to therapy or you know eat right like you're yeah. just gonna feel better and I think when you try to avoid it when you try to avoid getting ready in the morning when you try to avoid because I've done it yeah. <laughs> when you try to stay in bed all day when you try to just eat whatever comes to your mind and watch tv and like after work i'm not going to do my work like all of this stuff makes your life 10 times harder yeah. and it's like when people see people who get up and like they have these like really crazy routines they're like oh i couldn't do that and it's like right. i don't think you understand like they probably can't do without that mm -hmm. because their life is extremely hard if they even try to do the opposite they're not motivated yeah. okay i'm gonna speak for some people but they're not necessarily motivated because like, oh, this is such a cool thing to do. They're motivated because of the pain that they're going to experience if they yeah. don't do that thing, right. you know? And you, know, you just talking for whatever reason made me think like exploring 
is just another way to say go toward discomfort yeah because i think you know that's the reality like as we get older like playing and exploring is uncomfortable it's hard so if you want to play and explore just go toward the uncomfortable thing it's a good rule of thumb is it yeah a yeah. good rule of thumb but honestly like if i'm like thinking back to childhood we yeah. think like oh everything was so fun and carefree and it was I so know. fun and easy but honestly it i think wasn't. we're just romanticizing the past you're right i think if i'm like honest with myself childhood was very scary it was very hard <laughs> everything was very unfamiliar yeah like yeah i remember the highlights like the fun parts yeah but if i'm really i hated waking up and going to school <laughs> i was so anxious to go like you know to go to class to like interact with people yeah. you know what i mean i was anxious to go to like middle school i was anxious to go to high school you know what i mean yeah like especially in elementary school like i remember like when my sister was grad she's three <laughs> years older than me when she was going from fifth grade to sixth grade so she was leaving the elementary school going to middle school i was like terrified Aww. you know <laughs> so it's like yeah actually childhood was very was scary <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. It was, was very uncomfortable. No, that is such a good point. And like I, I say this too, so I, like I can't believe I forgot. But like I remember, like I and I was raised in a strict household relative to some people that I know. Like it wasn't the strictest, but it was pretty strict. Like we were the kind of household, like no TV on weekdays. I couldn't, you know, do like my nails or get my eyebrows out, like that kind of you know life. And so we had so many rules. Like it was a lot of rules. Yeah. Like we. Could could not hang out with people there was no sleepovers there was none of all like none of that stuff that i think a lot of children experience mm -hmm. and so that kind of sucked when you care like so like now i'm like i don't care but like when you're a kid that is all you care about mm -hmm. like you just want to hang out you just want to have fun all i could think about like when i go to school all i could think about was like when's lunch when are we having snacks like when like <laughs> you know I i'm very intolerable to not having fun like i need to be having fun and have some kind of like spontaneity so i hated school for that reason i, I was really like a focused and like a student because i think like also my parents were like you have to make straight a's but like i hated how we had to be there for eight fucking hours every day like that's insane and we were waking up at 6 a.m and i think it only got worse because when you got into high school and if you did anything other than going to class like a job if you mm -hmm. were in any kind of sport or after school activity you were around the clock like we were full-time employees <laughs> not getting paid like if you think about it from like but you're waking up at six 8 a.m. to like 4 or 5 p.m. you're in class okay and minimal breaks and then you get after school if you have a job you're working there for maybe four five yeah, four or five hours if you have clubs some days you're or sports you're there another three Couple four hours, hours. Yeah. we haven't even talked about homework yet yeah when you get home you got to do your homework and then you gotta go shower or do whatever it was insane like it actually wasn't fun <laughs> like and i think maybe that's what made the playing so much more fun because like yeah. you were just you had so many constraints all day and that's another thing like when you when you have constraints and i think that's why when you eliminate things you have to put new constraints but the the, the constraints that you want right instead of they're the aligned constraints, with where you want exactly go. they're not constraints from like artificial constraints somebody just gave you mm -hmm. right like school and all that was artificial constraints like mm -hmm. yeah it was helpful for the time right. is it necessary to work eight hours a day as an adult no i don't think so so like that now it's like okay i'm eliminating what i learned from institutions and i'm just adjusting it to now do i need to work 
you know, for a set period of time a day? Yes, but I can choose how many hours that is now. And I think when you're a kid, it like you have all of these like rules from like your parents, from school, from like your, maybe your social constraints, like what you can and can't do, what's weird and like what's awkward. So when you have the moments where you get to do whatever you want, you like go wild with it you like go crazy like playing video games and like um you know even just playing outside kids don't overcompensating like kids now don't necessarily play outside but like when we play outside we do the wildest things we would just (laughs) make shit up and like the jokes were like top tier you know like i think (laughs) i think there's a reason for that and i think you almost have to recreate that situation but as an adult now and i think it's harder to access that you know wild creativity because you are not only the one creating the constraints but you're also allowing yourself to play like before we were just we wouldn't have to think most of the day really it's like between your parents and your teachers and your friends and society you don't have to think that much so when you did get to think you just get to go buck wild but now you're the one telling yourself the constraints and following it like that's really hard to do especially when you don't know the answer you don't have the answer you don't know what's next when you're a kid you always know what's next what's funny (laughs) you're like laughing I'm just shocking the whole time. But I I think that's a really good point. Like, it is hard to. It was hard as a kid. Yeah. And I think we forget that. Like, we had a lot of rules compared to what we do now. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's. Here's like another way to psychoanalyze it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) We're so traumatized by childhood. We're just trying to run away Mm. from anything that resembles that experience so we're trying to run away from novelty we're trying to run away from Mm. like this uncertainty this unpredictability like that's interesting like not knowing what's going to happen next yeah you know we're just like trying to run away from that yeah um because yeah when i was growing up i couldn't wait to be 18 i couldn't wait to be 21 i couldn't i couldn't wait to be 16 Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i couldn't wait to grow up Mm -hmm. um and i feel like maybe we just like just keep running away from Mm. that because it's like you're saying when you're young it's just all rules and constraints you know what i mean it's like people controlling you yeah it's like you don't have like agency in the world yeah you don't don't, have any control yeah you don't have control you don't have power so it's Mm -hmm. like maybe you're just trying to run away from anything that resembles childhood but we go from like rules to like wanting all this freedom but then why are we like going back into like more rules yeah i don't know you know i noticed that now we're like in college i feel like that was peak like like i do whatever i want like i'm living you saw people living all types of ways in college like they just had you know people like there were the stoners and like the people who like the the straight a students who were like always in class and always Mm -hmm. like everybody had their own kind of way to live which in retrospect is actually so much more interesting and then now we're kind of like okay let's go back to like you know robotic everybody has a house Mm -hmm. you know like why is that like rules make sense because you want predictability Mm -hmm. that's why your parents like were so strict i think sorry i just got an idea but maybe it's because like we get to we have all this novelty once we like leave the 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 nest Mm -hmm. and it gets overwhelming right it's like overwhelming novelty and too many options too much uncertainty and too too many many decisions and then we're like fuck that let's pick a corporate job like i I can't do all let's reduce the number of degrees of freedom and i think that's almost it's almost like we go where we have so many rules we get to max freedom and then we go back and then i think the next step annoyingly is to like try not you don't have to go all the way to like endless existential 
possibilities, but like you can kind of find yourself back in the middle mm. where you you have the constraints, you have rules because you need to pick something, right. which is our next point. <laughs> but you you need to get back to a point where you like you allow yourself to be kind of back in the wilderness again and mm-hmm. explore, mm-hmm. but you eventually pick something and run with it because okay. you can't create anything sustainable without the consistency and yeah. dedication to something and also it like you will go insane mm-hmm. like if you ha- if you are constantly thinking about all these possibilities all right. these options and i think that's why philosophers find themselves to death at an early age because yeah. it's just too much for our brains yeah. we can't handle it you yeah. know so what is committing look like for you or what has it looked like for you Ooh, because you you're talking about like this quit explore commit thing yeah what are some examples i think committing for me in like very specifically has been choosing my wants and desires over everything else Mm. i think that's what it looks like for me and so my wants and desires to me that is like so silly but like basically always having a good time doing things that make me happy and i'm having fun and i'm being creative Mm. like all the time and so what those practically look like in my day-to-day life is like making content i Mm. love to make content i like telling a story i like writing i like video i like pictures i like just documenting things yeah those are probably like the tangible things that are are like my wants and desires but i think truly at the core is i get to express myself i think all the things that i like to do content fashion traveling i don't know writing making chai making teas and just like visuals like whatever like i think all of those are forms of self-expression and i don't like situations where i'm not able to do that fully to me committing has been making sure that that always is a part of my life and not even just a part of my life it's like majority or the entire thing and this year that's looked like eliminating any work or any even money opportunities or anything that does not fit with that Mm -hmm. if i'm not getting to create all day if i'm not getting to work on my craft or get better at things that i feel like i want to get better at if i Mm want to be better Mm -hmm. at editing a video if i want to be better at putting my outfits together or choosing uh like the perfect routine like my perfect morning routine or night routine that to me is in the way and i have to make more room for that and yeah it takes a lot of trust to do that yeah trust um, in yourself trusting yourself because me choosing to not go in this like coach route even though like i'm the one who told myself i have to be a coach like me cho- choosing not to do that is like me choosing those wants and desires again mm. and i i forgot that i would have to keep doing that yeah. which i think is actually more of the point than i think like going to be an entrepreneur or choosing a life a dream life you have to keep choosing it it's not that you just right. choose it once, once yeah you it's not to, just one hard decision yeah. and it's like you are always choosing it every yeah. single day your messages your attention what you spend your time on you're always choosing it and me deciding to leave my client and not you know market myself as a coach anymore that was me choosing it again and i was like wow like it feels good to do it but it's also really terrifying because it's like the first time in my journey where i'm like i have no clue what's going to happen next Mm -hmm. it's easy to commit to something when you have an idea of like how it can look or where it's going to go and that's why i wanted to be a coach like there's so many examples of coaches and how they're making money but when you have no clue like you're taking a risk like a chance you have no clue if that's going to work 
that's like another level of like committing it's it's like love it's like you know when you when you're signing a contract like for things that you just don't have an idea about how it is but i all i know is that they're my wants and my desires and they have been and they've proven to make me happy Mm -hmm. and it's what i care about getting better at i can see myself in the future doing it like that's been the biggest commitment now and i think prior to that committing was it was like i was slowly doing that from the moment i left my corporate job till now it's like i've been slowly doing that and just committing more and more more and more and more to my thing to my craft to myself to what i want to what i desire and i think literally next month will be like the first time in my entire life where i'm not working for anyone else wow technically i have one like brand thing with but you're kind of like an independent yeah but it's like really independent like it's not like i'm doing client work but it'll be the first time like my entire day is mine and i know like some people are like i mean i can imagine some people are like how much of your day do you fucking need girl like because i'm very big on that like i i want i've always wanted my day to myself that's why i didn't like school i was just like i want to do what i want to do because i don't i'm not the kind of person who's gonna be like i'm gonna be bored like i want my day i will keep myself busy what does committing look like for you i feel a lot of the same things just kind of going all in on myself and the things that i like yeah and i feel like i'm in the middle of that now i've kind of found this nice uh system this nice mesh of things in consulting work the data entrepreneurs community and then content creation Mm -hmm. like these things jive so well together Mm -hmm. and they all feed each other and it's all like any task that i do in one creates like ripple effects in like the other positive outcomes in the others so it's like this really beautiful synergy so i guess committing is just like keep feeding those things keep going after it it's like you know yeah, the signal is not that substantial. You know what I mean? It's like, what if I made like thousand dollars? You know what I mean? It's like you can't survive on a couple thousand dollars, but it's like, well, it's working. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And even if I have to work like three times as hard or like, you know, whatever mm-hmm. in these early days just to like get enough to like scrape to get scrape enough together to mm-hmm. survive, I think it's worth it. Especially in the world of like content and entrepreneurship and business Mm -hmm. you're talking about things that scale exponentially yeah you know things don't grow at some fixed rate or by some fixed amount things grow in proportion to the size of the thing Mm -hmm. so like for example like your audience like the number of subscribers you have on youtube doesn't grow by some fixed number it grows in proportion to the number of subscribers you already have yeah you know so it's going to be a percentage so if i grow 10 percent and i have 10,000 followers that means i gain a thousand followers but Mm -hmm. if i gain 10 percent and i only have 10 followers that means my mom just decided to subscribe to the channel (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know? I, that makes me think of two things i want to talk about both yeah one the idea of how time is played into this mm-hmm. and into play and then wow. two i want to talk about how you shine's being humble here and he doesn't want to talk about something he really committed to because he just turned down a six-figure deal <laughs> yeah to continue to do what you are doing right you know even though we could really use the money but <laughs> it happened in the same week where i both feel like we were like or this week is it just this week yeah oh it's my god crazy. 
This one telling time feels so different. Yeah. In this same week, we both realized like we have to keep choosing this. Like there's gonna be a lot of shiny, flashy yeah. things. Yeah, a lot of distractions. Distractions. And like what we were saying is like the further you go, the bigger you get, the shinier the objects. Yeah, get. and that's the what shinier those opportunities become. Yeah, because we were considering this this deal. Yeah, which is very aligned. It's with the company that is he likes. Yeah, I mean. It's um, you know, it's like a startup, and mm-hmm. they want someone to like help them with their kind of marketing side and kind of come in as, you know, some kind of creator, creator partner, yeah, founder, collaborator type mm-hmm. situation. So it's pretty aligned with like my space, like of entrepreneurship and data science. Yeah, but still, it's like it's missing some key elements. You mm-hmm. know, it's a bit disjointed from that beautiful synergy of like the consulting the community and the content Mm -hmm. it's like it's not exactly in that triangle yeah it's not in that it's like adjacent it overlaps with a lot of it but it doesn't live inside of it right it's like right now i can only take opportunities that fit inside of this triangle yeah one thing i want to bring up is time when you're playing is supposed to feel like non-existent yeah you know that's what that's a funny thing and i think when you were saying like when you go from like a thousand to like i don't know like a million subscribers or whatever like when you're in that a thousand or ten thousand spot you're feeling like time is (laughs) like go it's like slow things are happening slowly yeah you're not paying rent you're or you don't have enough to pay rent you're like time is just like almost dragging in a way because it feels like i'm i don't know what's next i'm never gonna make it to this next spot but then it changes all in a second right in a moment a video goes viral or you know you you attract some opportunity that's gonna pay you for the next 10 years or something crazy like that and that's the world you're getting in when you start allowing room for opportunities and i i feel like it's funny though because like when you're when you're actually playing when you've eliminated all the things that are not you know serving you and you make room for the things that that are and you really just allow yourself to get into flow and just like play and do whatever you don't time is not a it's valuable and you need it but it's not something that you're like it's not the same it doesn't feel the same as when you're like you know at a job or something and you're working hourly and like didn't someone say that when you're doing something you don't enjoy time moves faster but then whenever you're doing things that you do enjoy it's like slower so if you kind of look into flow like the psychological state of flow time perception is like a core feature Mm -hmm. of that like state Mm -hmm. um and it it can be sped up or it can go by much more slowly yeah um you know i'm i'm not a flow expert but you know there's that aspect there another place you see time perception come up is Mm -hmm. when you're talking about dopamine okay and and so maybe that's kind of where you're getting at with mm-hmm. like when you're doing something you enjoy versus you're doing something that you don't enjoy and kind of mapping that to dopamine. Yeah. And then the relationship between dopamine and time perception. And again, I don't know all the details. I'm not a neuroscientist, but <laughs> um, there is there is some connection there. And I'm sure if you wanted to get into it. There's a lot of literature out there. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. Like I feel when I'm playing in the moment, like when I'm editing or I'm like working on like a script or making a video, like time can, it doesn't even feel like it's there. And that's what I love. I love getting into that flow where you don't, and I think that's the point. Like you don't feel time. Um, But then 
I also feel like when, like now that we're in the beginning stages of, you know, building our company and we don't know what's going to happen next and we're very uncertain, it feels like very slow. <laughs> like it feels, things feel like slower. For me, it's it's always felt like both fast and slow. And so the, what I mean by that is like the day can fly by. Yeah. But then when I think back to last weekend, I'm like, wait, that was last week? That feels like two weeks ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. It's like there's so much in such a uh, yeah. short time period. Yeah. It feels like time is moving like <laughs> slower. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, what? When you're actually playing, I guess time feels like it's fast. By. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's interesting. Like whenever I'm like, if I'm sitting down playing with my toys and stuff, I don't notice like the, you know, the time passing. And then the same thing when I'm like actually making videos and like we're doing a podcast, like time is going, but we're like, you know, we're like, oh, wait, really? Like, you know? Yeah. So I just think that's really interesting. And I, I, I think it's a kind of a good sign. The last time I remember time going really slow, it actually was, but it felt like things were going fast yeah. when I was doing it was when we were both planning events and mm. our schedules were really busy when we were in college. I feel like college was like a good point. I always joke that I peaked in college because yeah. like I was doing so much. I like had three jobs. I was doing all these like programs. I was doing a lot of stuff and it would feel like, oh my God, I did that last month and it was like last week. And because it was so much in such a short period of time but i was enjoying all of it but it felt like i could never get enough of everything because it was happening so fast but it really wasn't because i was just using all the time i had with things i actually wanted to do and so i was like almost cramming everything i wanted to do in like one day mm-hmm. but and like i like that feeling maybe some people don't like that feeling of like yeah. feeling like oh my god I, I didn't i barely got to touch all these little things but i i kind of enjoy that it feels good for me yeah um because i know i'm really maximizing my time i'm getting to do everything i want to do yeah. in one you know in a, in a day and a week or whatever and like we just don't have a lot of time in our mm. life and in, in, in period in the period <laughs> in general so it makes me feel happy that i'm getting the most out of it because if i die tomorrow i'd be like well at least i literally i've been living yeah i've been i've been doing something anyway i, I guess i gotta want to end on like just kind of when you commit to something you you have to be consistent with it and you have to keep going with it and i think there's going to be a lot of distractions and there's going to be so many reasons not to but if it matters to you if it feels like your dream life i think it's going to be worth it and like we'll see you can you guys can watch our journey and see if like we actually get to where we <laughs> want to actually get. goes anywhere hopefully we won't be making this podcast under a bridge yeah um, but <laughs> but honestly like i think we said this in the last episode like i feel like this is the life i want to live yeah you know yeah. i'm living my dream life Right. The only trick is being able to pay the bills. Right. And that's what I, that's my hypothesis that like if we keep doing this, yeah, it'll lead to the income. We're making room mm-hmm. for our dream life and it's going to give us the outcome that we mm. also want, you know? And we're the guinea pigs, so we'll we're see how it works. Mm-hmm. We'll see you're how welcome. Oh, yeah. Let's give you guys some homework. You didn't think you were leaving here without homework, did you? Because one came to my mind. Oh, okay, <laughs> professor. Dr. Shaw. I was going to say, like, make room for play mm, in, like, your, in your day, that. you know? Yeah. Like 30 minutes, an I hour, or something like that. 30 minutes of play. Whatever that means. Yeah, whatever that means. If that's reading a book, if that's having a picnic with your friends, if that's like start thinking about it, it's like 30 minutes of like 
opportunities even mm. like what can i do in this 30 minutes like yeah. what can i create in yeah. this 30 minutes you know investigating like a side hustle or like yeah a random business idea or project idea just do it um, knit something finish something you you haven't yeah. done before like art something, music yeah whatever. call someone that you haven't talked to or yeah. like whatever like just like take a risk maybe do even something. do something uncomfortable yeah. you know like go for a walk yeah go for <laughs> go a walk to the gym. Listen, like, listen to a new podcast mm-hmm. do something take a different route yeah. you know like just switch it up because it's not about that one event in isolation it's a principle okay it's a principle of like you are being intentional about your time and you're making room for something that matters to you and that's the whole point like you can't create a life where you get paid to live if you don't do that like you have to make room for things that are important to you and one day they will become number one priority but it starts with this it yeah. starts with little it starts somewhere yeah little 30 minutes one yeah. hour here and there where you just choose to right. do something for you because you know kind of going back to your walk example mm-hmm. let's say because you were starting from scratch you, yeah. you had no routine <laughs> yeah. but if you had at least one routine yeah. even if it was as simple as I eat lunch at noon. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't then watch ha- anything when I eat lunch. I like just, I eat my lunch and I focus on it, you know? Yeah. That that becomes like an anchor from which you can like build on top of. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I eat lunch at noon. Let me just go for a walk for 15 minutes after yeah. lunch. At yeah, one. yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it's like, okay. It's habit stacking. And then you do that. And then now you want to pick up another habit. It's like, oh, I want to, I don't know, start reading. Right. Oh, maybe I can do that like right before bed. You know, yeah. you, you just start like exploring and trying things out and experimenting. Yeah. And yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. It yeah, is. it's going to be uh, seem silly at times even. But you do that for long enough before you know it, like you're going to have a schedule that looks like Elon Musk, who's like every <laughs> five minutes is like blocked. You know? Yeah. And by the way, we're not like Elon Musk fans, but I just bring him up to say that like he lives a very different and intentional life. Mm, and I think yeah. he would agree that he's getting paid to live. Like whether you agree with his practices or not, I think he has yeah. a very interesting life. And I don't think that was by accident. I think it was curious rated and was designed that way so i think you can take a lot of that's why i think watching and observing people who have what you want or successful people however you want to define them is very important because you can see how the things that happen in their life were by design i like they said it like you might feel silly doing this like you might feel like why do i need it like that's how i felt when i was taking those walks i'm like why am i on the highway right now like <laughs> what is the point <laughs> just clap the mic <laughs> like it feels stupid because you have you have agent you have freedom to do whatever you want you're like why am i doing something that feels uncomfortable why would i choose to do that but slowly you will start to see the value in it or not the value in it if you do it for long enough and be like okay i don't like this actually and you do discover a lot of things you like from things you don't like. So doing things are not a waste. When I was walking on the side of the highway, I realized I don't like doing that. So I stopped doing that. You know what I mean? Like I changed the walk to where I was like, I like walking in the morning because it actually feels really serene and like calm. And then that became a thing. It's like, okay, I really like um, seeing nature. So, because when I was walking the highway, I was just seeing buildings. And then I changed my walking to walking on the side of the highway to walking in the trails. Yeah, the 
preserves trails, and, yeah. and that felt better for me and it was slowly like now we walk like every morning and we walk like luckily our apartment has a lot of like you know scenery so i don't have to go to a park or whatever but like that taught me something about myself and i was observing people and their routines and seeing like oh like this girl the idea came to me because i was already walking and then i saw this girl who had a pretty like aesthetic nice routine and she drives to a park to walk in the morning because she's like it's important to get sunlight when you first wake up huberman says that all the time and i was like oh i can just switch my walking time that seems so much more desirable and it's because right. i already had a routine yeah if i saw her doing that and i like, like oh that's cute but i don't even know where to start you know it's just like having something is better than nothing like right. having some foundation so you're gonna feel silly doing these newer things, taking an hour every Saturday to go eat lunch by yourself because you're trying to practice how to hang out with yourself. It's going to sound stupid when you don't have to, but over time, it's going to develop into something that you actually like. So it's worth it, you know? Go play. Go play with a friend. Play by yourself. Do whatever you need to do. Like, it's good for you. And this is how you're going to succeed. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. We'll see you guys next time. Salamati. <laughs>